have an opportunity to buy companies that are world-class that used to trade very uh, expensive over the years and are now not expensive. So if you're a new investor, I would say this is one of the best times to get involved in the stock market in many, many, many years. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello and welcome to the My Future Business Show. My name's Rick Nusky, I'm your host and it is a pleasure being your host and bringing you great guests. And today I'm with the no other than Leo Gantz. Welcome back to the show, Leo. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Now, just for context, um, we're going to be talking gold, silver, lithium, global events, and a num number of other hot market insider topics during this content-rich call. But since the last time we spoke, Leo, we have um, expanded our audience base significantly. So I think it's important for you and I to spend some time going over the basics again. So let's start with where you're calling in from today. Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv, fantastic. And that's been home for you forever? Uh, for, for 30, 37 years. 37 years. Now, uh, what's the best thing that you love about living there, Leo? Tel Aviv. Um, it's, uh, the beach, uh, well, the beach is nice. It's, <laughs> it's just very, uh, um, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a city that, that keeps on innovating all the time. The, 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 the pursuit for quality is relentless in, in anything. So um, it's just a very high quality city. Um, and and uh, if, you, if you research it right now on Google, something you'll see that it was voted the uh, most expensive city to live in oh, in the yes. world. Yes. Uh, and, and, all, uh, and, and lots of other things as well. It, it had a renaissance about 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's been on, a, uh, on an abs absolute uh, growth spurt in terms of uh, the quality of it in the past 20 years. The upward trajectory is undeniable. I also hear that you guys have a solid um, hub for software innovation. Tell us a little bit about that. Is Israel, yeah, Israel, um, I guess uh, since the 90s, since uh, uh, the dot-com, mm -hmm. because uh, what happens here in Israel, uh, everyone is mandatory going to the IDF uh, when they're 18. And the IDF has a lot of uh, intelligence units uh, and uh, a lot of technology units. So basically, when you're 21, mm -hmm. are thousands and tens of thousands of uh, people that just uh, uh, got to experience three years of top security uh, technologies, and they can go to the private sector and then leverage uh, that. Build yeah, and then build tech companies. So that's the uh, kind of the advantage mm. that a lot of people here have, because uh, if they go to these uh, units, they're exposed to amazing technologies and great people get networking. Um, and then obviously this is all funded by the military. So it's not like they go and, and take a student loan to learn all this, right? <laughs> yep. So financial place as well. Um, and, and the, the, the VC money comes here. Uh, Intel has huge hubs in Israel uh, for, for chip manufacturing. Microsoft is here, Apple is here. All the big ones are 
have uh, um, you know uh, a presence. Big, yeah, big presence here. So I think that's uh, that's one reason why it's a software hub. Um, it's also um, uh, in recent years become uh, a cannabis hub um, in terms of like technology, not the like personal consumption stuff, mm. um, and, and so much more. So um, it, it's, the country specializes in intelligence, military, et cetera, et cetera, because uh, if you look at the map, uh, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> we need to we need to be vigilant. Absolutely. Thank you very much for sharing. I'm, I'm loving this call already. Now, I wonder, you know, we have a lot of new listeners who are um, calling in and listening to the show. So I think it's important to go back a, a few uh, years and look into your life as that uh, early entrepreneur. I'd love to explore just for the sake of context, Leo, what was your first entrepreneurial experience? What got you into this game? It's funny you, it's funny you ask that because uh, my wife and my wife just uh, had twins. Uh, we just had twins. Congratulations! Uh, yeah. So when I'm when we finished at the hospital um, here in Tel Aviv, there's a way for you to move to a hotel that's uh, like adjacent adjacent to yep. the hospital. And but the medical staff from the hospital and the medical staff in the hotel is the same. So they rotate like they're one day they're here, one day they're here. So oh. you basically. Get a hotel with a baby nursery, etc. So, you, so you can you can uh, get medical attention while you're getting five star, um, you know, attention <laughs> as, to, to sleep it off. And then there's a doctor there. There's a, anything you need. Okay. So while I'm there, and this ties into your question, while I'm <laughs> there, um, I I'm having breakfast, and I'm I'm 37. I'm going to be 38 in the summer. I see this person, he's 63 now, and I'm like, uh, how you doing? And, and I know this guy because mm -hmm. in, in, when I was 16, and uh, this was 2000, he was, what is it, uh, 43, and he sold, or 41, and he sold a software company at the height of the dot-com bubble to an American firm or four and a half billion, and uh, the two partners split $700 million oh. in, uh, in compensation. And I was babysitting his only child at the time. He was 43, but he's he got remarried. He's 63 and he just had another kid. So um, the reason I'm telling you this is after that episode with him uh, in, in the 2000 and everything that happened in Israel during those years, mm -hmm. um, the rush to get into investing was uh, cultural. It was massive. And um, because I was doing babysitting work and this and that between the ages of 13 and 16, um, because my, my, my father's business, which was not high tech, it, it uh, uh, collapsed on him in, in 1997 when I was 13 and I started to work. So I started to work, save money, uh, I was doing babysitting. I was doing like uh, private basketball lessons. Um, I was uh, even uh, in charge of the scoreboard at basketball games. So anything I can do to make money and actually save it. So by the time I'm 16, mm -hmm. and this happens with uh, uh, like literally while I'm I'm coming uh, to uh, to his house, he's showing me CNN and and his face is there with 
like the amount of money. Oh. Uh, so um, that got I got you going really early because what what I did was I told my banker like uh, how do uh, how does this work? And he said, look, if you sign a, if your parents sign a waiver um, as a minor that you can trade uh, you know the stock market back then it was like mutual funds then I can get you started. I got my both, both my parents uh, to the bank branch. They signed the waiver. And um, his first research paper that he printed out uh, was about China. And this was like 2000. So um, I, I got invested in, in real estate really early, uh, as you can see, in, in the age of 16. So my, my investing career started at 16. My entrepreneur career started when I was 13 out of necessity because, you know, my parents told me, look, I, we have zero to give you. Like if you want anything, you need to, um, you need to start, you know, uh, putting flyers in the neighborhood and, and uh, finding work. So I've been working since I was 13. I've been investing since I was 16. And um, that's, it, it happened by necessity. Yeah. But it's a, it's a good thing it happened because I think it was, uh, uh, it got me on, on a path uh uh, independent thinking very early on. Yeah, thank you for yeah. sharing, Leo, because uh, this is great for context. Now, you talked about this gentleman who sold off his, his share of the company and took 700 million or some ridiculously uh, good price. Um, you know, yeah. I, what other people, and I guess, what did you learn from that experience? Did you learn anything directly from him? And who else have you looked to along the way? I, I didn't learn much from him uh, because he was never home. I was basically <laughs> a kid. But um, what I can tell you that I, I did learn in hindsight from him is that he's he's like the Israeli Mark Cuban. Talk about he, he sold a company for four and a half billion. It never materialized to any uh, um, any product. Like they, they bought uh, a, a product in development, like many other American firms back at, at, at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, but it it does show you in hindsight that when you're in a bubble and you're benefiting from that bubble. Don't be naive and cash in because if somebody's willing to pay, um, this is the right time. Uh, you know, the, the, it, we just saw another uh, bubble th that happened in the stock market uh, in 2020. We saw, uh, we saw other ones along the way. If, you're, if you happen to be early in an asset class that morphs into a speculative bubble, just don't don't be naive about it. That's the big lesson I learned from him. Mm. And capitalize on it. As long as you're already there, and as long you, you know you don't bubble, you don't control the bubble, you don't control uh, the vibe. If you're already benefiting, um, I think that's important to uh, to to pay attention to because otherwise, you know, if he wouldn't have sold, who knows? Who knows what, if that company would have even uh, uh, turned into a real business? Yeah. When you get uh, that early on, that big of a sum, um, I, I think it's uh, it's disrespectful to the to you know the employees and everyone else if if you uh, dismiss it because it's a golden opportunity to exit. Um, so that's what I learned from him. In terms of like real world, um, I have three dead authors that are the biggest mentors that I've had in my life. Uh, Napoleon Hill, Ernest Holmes, and Wallace Watless. And um, 
those uh, I think helped me uh, internally. So in other words, help my psyche. Mm-hmm. But in the outside world, uh, my mentor is definitely uh, my senior partner at, at the business. He's a, a big mentor of mine. And I would say along the way, I've had like uh, temporary mentors um, that, that have helped along the way. But uh, the one constant is uh, these three authors and, and my business partners. Fantastic. I know that uh, you um, have a lot to say about Warren Buffett. You know, um, what can you share about uh, your exposure to his um, way of operating? So uh, when I when I was uh, starting out, like I, like I said, age 16, I was one of those kids in high school where you had the book and then you have a Warren Buffett book tucked inside <laughs> and uh, you, you actually are reading like Warren Buffett because what happened was I told the uh, the banker I was like, how, how do I, how would I learn about this? And he said, well, uh, you know Warren Buffett? And I said, absolutely not. So he said, okay, well, he, you find a book and you start reading. And at that time, Amazon was just starting to send packages to Israel. So I bought the book in English and I bought uh, um, another one from Peter Lynch. And the nice thing about uh, those two is Warren Buffett is all about brands and like, competitive advantage mm. and make sure that so that was easy for me because I was like okay I, I know brands I'm a teenager um, and then Peter Lynch his book was all about my teenage daughter picked my best stocks and <laughs> I was like wow uh, and she literally she told him about things that are happening like trends and uh, that's how he got invested in a lot of uh, 10 baggers and a hundred baggers and he, he introduced those uh, terms into the stock market. Ten bagger meaning something that ten x or went up a thousand percent, and a uh, hundred bagger obviously is uh, something huge where you turn a thousand dollars into a hundred thousand um, dollars. And he had those as well. So marrying those two uh, at, at the time when I was working at uh, for a clothing store, I looked at all the brands and then I I researched like who owns the brands. And I realized that like uh, um, a lot of these brands have a parent company, and it was called uh, VF Corp. It's it's obviously still around. It's a it's a it's a 120 year old uh, apparel company. They own North Face. They own um, uh, Timberland, and uh, Lee Wrangler. A lot of the uh, a, a lot of uh, brands you can uh, obviously research. Uh, yep. V- VFC. Uh, I'm not. Uh, there's not an endorsement to that company. I'm <laughs> telling you is uh, um, basically that's how I got into my first investment because Warren Buffett was a, like, do things that you understand, brands, competitive advantage. Peter Lynch was like, look at things that you see all around you. And I was working at the clothing store, literally folding these clothes and selling them. And that was like my first stock. Wow. I remember, uh, I think if, uh, I think it was like six dollars a share. It's now like uh, seventy or something. And um, if I'm not mistaken, it was like six cents a share dividend. And today it's like forty-two cents. So basically, just uh, to give you an idea, um, it, it, it would be like buying a home in two thousand for sixty thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and that pays. Uh, uh, you know, six cents. So that would be uh, pay six hundred dollars in rents, 
And today that home would be worth $420,000, I'm sorry, $720,000, and would pay you 4,200 in rents. So that stock um, is part of a, a group of companies called Dividend Aristocrats, which are companies that have been able to raise dividends consecutively without fail every uh, year for over a generation, for over 25 years. Wow. There's like 54, 55 companies in that group. Um, there's even an ETF where you can buy the entire basket. Um, but that company fell into that basket without me knowing. And those are very unique companies. If you'll, you'll recognize uh, most of them if you uh, look up that group. Um, and in hindsight, it, it was obviously a, a great decision um, in terms of uh, that, but, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Buffett, obviously with, uh, with the dividends um, and understanding that uh, the quote or the price of uh, the security is not what you should be looking at, but you should actually be looking at what you're getting in absolute terms. What are you getting for buying this uh, share right now? And think about that single share as if you're buying the entire company. And yep. that, um, that really has helped in terms of uh, selectivity um, and also in terms of uh, uh, understanding competi com competitiveness because you can always look at a company mm -hmm. and look at the entire index, uh, such as the S&P 500 or uh, any relevant index, and say, well, is this worth the risk? Is this single stock going to outperform by so much that I should not just buy uh, an index uh, fund instead. So that's one thing I always do. I always look at a given security and I always match it to, um, is it worth the risk uh, compared to the index? And then I might, uh, if, if I say yes, obviously I, I, I'd buy it. Sometimes I, I say yes mm -hmm. and then I match. In other words, I, I, I buy 20 grand in, in a given security and I match it buying uh, 20 grand more in the index fund. Uh, that way I'm, I'm matching uh, the risk with market risk. Yeah, fantastic feedback. I know that there's a lot of inexperienced people on the call today. They wouldn't understand a lot of these terms and I think that's why it's mm. probably very important for them ultimately to uh, get steered back to your uh, wealth uh, creation group and we'll do that uh, after the end of the call. But um, I'm wondering, given that your whole experience in life needs to be about education, currency, uh, watching global uh, affairs, um, what are you seeing right now um, and what are you watching? What's exciting for you? So, uh, um, obviously, uh, in 2022, what's exciting is that the entire market is uh, in a bloodbath. Uh, it's exciting because it's obviously a way to get uh, exposure to equities at a far cheaper um, uh, valuations. A lot of companies have beat, uh, we just went through an earnings season, uh, and, and a lot of companies beat on the top line, uh, which is revenues, beat on the bottom line, um, and, and beat on EPS and uh, issued, uh, um, let's say, good guidance for the future. At the same time, because of what's happening with the, the threat of interest rates rising and inflation out of control, and uh, now Russia and the Ukraine, mm. uh, there's panic, a real panic out there. And you're seeing things that you do not see uh, on a on on a given year. You you've never seen uh, 
um, such violent moves in the market like we saw in the last uh, two months. I have not seen them uh, in years where a company reports earnings, a huge company report earn earnings, an $800 billion company reports earnings and goes down by 26% in one day like uh, Facebook did. That's, uh, I've never seen, or Netflix or PayPal. You're talking about companies that are three, four hundred billion dollars and they lose a hundred billion in market cap in one day. Yeah. That's pretty astounding. So um, I think right now what's exciting is that you have an opportunity to buy companies that are world class that used to trade very uh, expensive uh, over the years and are now not expensive. That's one thing that I like. Uh, second thing that I like is that the small cap companies are absolutely getting decimated dot-com bubble style. Um, so if you're a new investor, this is, uh, I would say this is one of the best times to get involved in the stock market uh, in many, many, many years, many years. Mm. It has this attractive and this cheap. From uh, the other side, from the threat side, I think what's happening in Russia and the Ukraine is really important, not because of those two regions. Those two regions are very, they're agricultural regions, they're sparsely populated. This is not what this is all about. Uh, what's happening in Russia and the Ukraine is basically Russia saying uh, we are not going to allow the Ukraine to enter NATO and place missile systems along the Ukraine, Ukrainian border where you're four or five minutes away from Moscow. We will not uh, allow that kind of a threat level. And if you remember, this is exactly what happened in the 60s where Kennedy uh, and his in uh, the previous presidents, mm -hmm. put missile systems in Turkey, in Italy, and in range of uh, Moscow, and, and there was constantly a nuclear uh, armed uh, airplane flying above uh, the skies in, in Russia, above the radar systems and, and the anti-aircraft systems. Always. So there was a constant threat, and obviously uh, uh, Khrushchev wanted or the Soviet Union wanted to, the US to feel the same thing and via uh, submarines they started to ship nuclear warheads to Cuba so almost World War three happened that is basically what we're seeing here the the start of an of a conflict that if not managed right could cause um, far bigger uh, consequences right now we're seeing economic sanctions and things like that but Man, if this is not managed right, this this is going to be big. And then even the bigger picture, and I think for you, Rick, in, in Australia, it's even uh, more close to home. All you're seeing right now is like is a stress test for how China would look to uh, take back Taiwan and what the U.S. will do. So Russia trying to take back the Ukraine into Mother Russia mm -hmm. is a equivalent to what China taking back Taiwan would be in terms of uh, President Xi's looking at how Biden is responding, how the West is responding to Putin's uh, claim of, of the, those two regions in, in the Ukraine. And the same thing uh, they're going to deduce is going to happen with uh, themselves in Taiwan. So geopolitically, this is a very tense moment. Um, it's it's a uh, and it could be that because every almost everyone understands that Biden is a transitionary president to take us out of the uh, potentially 
take us out of the Trump era into a new era, but now you're seeing Trump wants to come back. Mm. They know that they have an opportunity here with a weaker president, with less popularity, with a very divided Democratic and Republican uh, Congress, and, and they're trying to take advantage of it. I don't know if they're going to go all the way because uh, Taiwan is a big move for, for China and, and it will involve Australia and, uh, and many other um, nations will get involved there. It's, it's, it's a huge uh, move if China is going to uh, do it. So uh, what we're seeing right now is uh, almost like a, like a demo for uh, this bigger chess match that's going to happen between China, Taiwan and the West. That's some powerful insight. Thank you so very much. And this obviously illustrates my point about you needing to be educated and on the, you know, pretty much the, the pointy end of everything that's going on in the world. So again, I thank you for that. Now, despite all of this, what are you seeing with precious metals? I mean, they seem to be rallying right now. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I uh, just woke up to see gold. Um, it's it's 8, 8.30 when we start the interview here, 8.30 a.m. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, gold is doing phenomenally well for three reasons. One, um, in November 2021, um, Powell stopped. Uh, and, and by the way, Rick, I created a special report for all your listeners with this entire uh, thesis and 2022 outlook, which, you know, all, all your listeners and viewers can uh, tap into uh, and download for free at Wealth Research Group. Uh, wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash 2022, basically 2022. Mm -hmm. But also go to our website. Uh, and, and I'm telling you this because obviously we can't pack everything into uh, uh, an interview. If you go to our website and you look at wealthresearchgroup.com, you can obviously sign up for the newsletter and then you get uh, direct access to everything that I'm researching and doing straight to your inbox. But above and beyond that, you can look at the top menu and there are tabs there like special reports where you can download a lot of uh, PDF downloads that deal with precious metals and otherwise. And also there's another one called watch list with, I, I think is interesting because those are watch list of companies that I'm personally going to either uh, own uh, or wait for a certain limit price to, to get into. And those are, and what's in those reports is those limit prices that I'm looking to get into. So a little bit of uh, everything there. Um, in terms of precious metals, I see three things. One is when Powell pivoted after having a closed door conversation with Biden and mm. said we need to retire the word transitory, um, that was done obviously as, as a contingency for Biden reconfirming uh, Powell to a second term. Because uh, whilst uh, saying that it's transitory had some merit before the Delta variant um, uh, spread yep. after that, um, you know, and, and because China has a zero COVID policy and a lot of other countries uh, just shut down everything, the the demand side, so uh, the demand for goods, for uh, for apparel, for appliances, for anything that's um, that's the finished good in the United States and around the world was so big because everyone's in lockdowns, you can't uh, spend so much on services like going to a hair salon or this and that because you're locked or in self-isolation, etc., created such a big problem on the ports and on truckers and on logistics that inflation is not just a problem from the demand side, it's also it's a problem from the supply side. And that's something that the Fed 
and other central banks cannot influence that much. They can raise interest rates and cause people to think twice about, you know, spending and originating new mortgages, taking out loans, business loans, etc. They can they can influence the demand, but they cannot change supply. That's up to government to legislate and regulate and, and figure it out with incentives and otherwise how to get uh, logistics going again. So once that it became apparent that uh, inflation is going to stay with us and become more entrenched because there's a shortage of real estate around the world mm. uh, and, and rents are climbing because to a lot of people, uh, an apartment or a home is not just a place to crash anymore. People stay at home for uh, large durations of the day. Whereas, you know, before the pandemic, you know, people, they leave the house at 7 a.m., they come yep. back at 10 So, you know, they don't spend too much on what's going on in the apartment. Right now, living at home is, is basically what everyone does. So it created a huge boom on real estate when uh, builders were not ready. So with everything uh, that I'm saying, um, inflation is becoming more entrenched. Uh, the 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 third thing is that the Biden administration thought, well, hey, we'll give the jab to everyone and then everyone will go back to work. And it turned out to be uh, too simplistic of a, of a thought equation. Many people are literally course correcting their lives. They're, they're just sitting at home for another month, another two months. That's fine. I just don't want to commit to a, to a new trajectory before I'm sure of it. So a lot of people are just staying at home because they're trying to uh, find new careers. Yep. A lot of people... Uh, uh, have gone back to study uh, because they're trying to shift careers. And a lot of people have retired because their portfolios have done so well in the past two years that uh, now only one spouse, uh, either the husband or the wife, works and the other one is semi-retired or just takes on uh, occasional consulting or, or stuff like that or online jobs. Um, but look, the workforce is very tight, so wages are also going up. So you have this trifecta of congested logistics um, being too late for uh, the, the Fed and other central banks in terms of realizing it, a failed plan to get people back to work, mm -hmm. that's you know, a, a labor shortage, and all of that is, uh, is creating a lot of inflation around the globe. That's one thing that's helping gold. Secondly, um, uh, the, the, the second thing that's helping gold is that the stock market is uh, really bad this year. So as a hedge, it's really an important uh, asset class. Uh, gold is. And thirdly, you've got the geopolitical tension, which uh, makes people want to go to safe havens like gold. So that's the three things that are really helping gold in 2022. And I think uh, that gold is going to actually uh, go into new all-time highs this year, um, above yeah. what we saw in August of 2020. So it's going to be a phenomenal year for gold. And a phenomenal year for gold equities. And one thing we do with the newsletter at Wealth Research Group is we profile companies that we love uh, in terms of uh, uh, the mining space and, and obviously technology and otherwise, but uh, our specialty is in finding uh, companies inside of the mining sector uh, as well. Do you, um, first of all, every time I speak with you, it's not just a cursory level conversation. These are really deep insights that you provide to the audience. And I know that it's powerful and I know that the audience absolutely loves it. So I have to thank you again. Now, um, what do you think of, um, you know, the royalty 
groups that are out there, the gold royalty groups. Is that something that uh, you should get invested in? Um, so gold, the, the royalty business model is absolutely the, um, historically the best business model um, in the world for, uh, for mining companies. Th those are not even mining companies. They're, they're, uh, they're almost like finance companies within the mining sector. Yep. Uh, if you look at, uh, for example, and, and, and uh, I don't own shares of this company at this time, but uh, Royal Gold, if you look at their price chart from 1992 until today, it went from two cents to over $140. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the number one best performing company in the world for the past 30 years, better than Amazon, Google, and, and the rest of them, from two cents to $140. Thirty. So, um, obviously, the model works. The, the behemoth of this model is Frank and Nevada, um, and um, my my company uh, with Wealth Research Group. We are partnered uh, with uh, a company called Gold Royalty Corp, which is the newest and fastest growing royalty company in the world right now. CEO uh, uh, Garofoli. Garofoli. Yes. Mm -hmm. the CEO is David Garofalo. Garofalo. Uh, That's correct. Yes. Oh, let's get it wrong. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was a CEO of uh, um, uh, overseeing the merger of Newmont and, and Barrick. So he's absolutely one of the titans of this industry. And um, he's a, uh, the CEO of, of uh, Gold Royalty Corp. And it's just merged with an Eric Sprott company. I mean, this, this uh, company, we're very proud to work with it. And it's, it's done very well. Um, and it's a new company in the mm. space. So while... Royal Gold and, um, and Frank and Nevada are, are much more seasoned. This this company is uh, just IPO'd last year. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, the royalty the royalty sector in mining is uh, is a phenomenal way to get involved mm -hmm. uh, in general, obviously for the right price and do your own research, etc. Um, but when gold is erupting, like right now, when it's breaking out, uh, there are companies that are either in developing a project or producers, smaller producers, smaller names, not the bigger names, where the the, the liquidity uh, of the stock this is, is uh, so finite because there's smaller cap companies that when they get attention um, and, and you get in early, you can see gains of, you know, thousands of percent in terms of months and not decades. Um, which is uh, very exciting. We're actually going to profile two new companies on the newsletter uh, in, in the coming days and weeks. Yes, fantastic news. Now, I love this sort of conversation. And as you've mentioned, Leo, there's just not enough time in one single call to go over all of the details that I'd love to talk about with you. But I'm sure and certain that if people visit wealthresearchgroup.com inside that report, they're not only going to get a discussion about, you know, global events and impacts on markets, but, you know, uh, precious metals and, you know, mining stocks and uh, cryptocurrency and all the rest of it. What, what else can people expect to find in, in their report? Um, so the newsletter, it basically uh, is a way for me to take everything that I'm researching. If I'm calling, if I'm talking with CEOs of companies, if I'm talking to hedge fund managers, if I'm uh, researching books and, and whatnot, and and basically I'm congesting my insights into uh, three uh, articles a week that go out Sunday, Tuesday, and, and Thursday. And then if there's on top of that uh, very important bulletins, then we also issue those. 
And then on top of those, on top of uh, that more of a macro and general operation, um, we feature specific companies and stocks that that uh, um, that I own, and we profile uh, their business models as well. So that's basically uh, uh, the elevator pitch for yeah yeah uh, for the free newsletter. Now I know that uh, it is a high quality newsletter. The correspondence is excellent. I love how you highlight in yellow what's happening. The headlines are always catchy. I always open them. They're a real credit to you and what you're doing at uh, Wealth Research Group. So congratulations on the success that you're having now. If you are on the call today, um, you should by now get a feel for just how much goes on behind Wealth Research Group to get this content out to you. And so make sure you visit wealthresearchgroup.com. I'll be making sure the links are available to you below this post no matter where you see it you'll be able to get back in contact with Leo with no problems at all so with all that being said Leo you know what this is just one you know a next level conversation that I always enjoy having with you so thanks again for joining me on the show today thank you Rick thanks for joining us today if you enjoyed the call then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.